0: Now, we're going to be looking at Genesis 40, but before we get into that, last week I was pretty hard on University of Florida fans. And I, well, I, I felt bad, you know, I, I worked through it, but I felt bad. Um, so I thought maybe we'd take a different tack today. How many of you have ever been to a bowl game? at the end of a season. Okay, bowl games are a lot of fun. Still very competitive, uh, but a lot of fun. Uh, but you park, and then however you get to the actual game, everybody's mixed together. So whether you're on a tram or a bus or uh, however you're, you're getting to the game, you've got... Two different colored jerseys there, and and I went to a Florida Florida State game. Now I'm a Missouri fan, and it was great because we never go to bowls, so it makes life really easy for uh, for me. Um, but I I get on and it's a double decker bus. We have yeah we have a picture there, and uh, the Florida fans were all on the bottom deck, and the Florida State fans were all up top. And I'm downstairs with the Florida fans, and they're just having the time of their life. They're sightseeing, laughing, carrying on. I go upstairs, and the Florida State people are crying. And they're hugging each other, and they're laying on the floor. And I said, what, what is wrong with you people? I said, the Gator fans downstairs are, are laughing and having a great time. And Florida State people said, yeah, but they've got a driver downstairs You know how to get a Florida graduate off your porch? Pay him for the pizza. All right, I just... (coughs) All right. All right, I just took out both, I just... uh, University of Miami, get in line, all right? You know what they call a pretty girl in Miami? A visitor. All right, moving on. Moving on, we can do this all day if you want, okay. All right. So, um, where do we leave off Joseph? We stopped in the middle of a sentence. We talked about Joseph's had really two good things happen. He had two dreams back to back about how, uh, mom and dad were going to bow down to him and his brothers were going to bow down to him, but no details. Um, and then The second one is the one we're going to look at today where he finds out God hasn't forgotten him because he's going to interpret two dreams for the cupbearer and the baker of Pharaoh. So that's okay, But there's a window here of somewhere around 28 years. So for 28 years, what has he experienced? Well, dad gave him the big fancy coat with the jewels in it. Brothers hated him, couldn't say anything good about him. They uh, wanted to kill him. Ended up throwing him in a well, letting him starve to death. Then they decided, no, we'll sell him. Sold him into slavery into Egypt. He rises to fame in, in uh, the house of Potiphar. Wife accuses him of rape. He ends up in a dungeon. 28 years have passed. That's a long time a long time to wonder what God's doing. Now, see, we, we get upset when things don't happen in a couple of days and I know why. So I'm going to tell you, even though you may not believe the bad theology that's taught, it still penetrates your mind. And the bad theology is this. Once you become a Christian, all your struggles will go away. All your pain will go away. All your suffering will go away. Your aunt won't die. Um, Nothing will happen to your pets. You'll become rich. Everything will go perfect for you. The problem is the Bible speaks absolutely the opposite of that theology. In fact, the only place the Bible speaks of that theology is when Satan says to Jesus on top of the temple, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all this. Think about that. So we have a hard time waiting for God because we have this idea in our head that God is more of a genie than he is actually in charge of our souls and trying to win us and woo us back into a relationship with him and to win us into the kingdom of God. Psalm 27 verse 14 says this about waiting for God. We have that verse, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. You should do a Google search of the word wait in the Bible. It is long. It is long. Now, what's God doing with Joseph? We talked about that last week. I don't know. <clears throat> is it not the right time? Is God protecting him? Is God still working some rough edges off Joseph? But no matter how you look at this story, 28 years a long time to be in prison, Yes? Let's pick up the story. Stand with me out of respect for the word. So within three days, this is after the two dreams he hears from Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. And you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. Top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. But the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift off your head to hang you on a tree. Great memory verse for the kids. And the birds will eat away your flesh. Now, the third day was Pharaoh's birthday. And he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the cupbearer to his position so that he once again put the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had said to them in his interpretation. Chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. Specifically, he forgot him. When two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile. We'll pick up that dream next week you can be seated somebody got mad at me last night you got a book read it for yourself all right that's okay all right so two full years that's what i entitled this message two full years it's already been 28 years now here's the thing with joseph he does not know how the story is going to end i know i've read you you can read ahead I know that he's going to become in charge of all of Egypt. I know that he's going to make Egypt into the greatest country in the history of the world. I know that his brothers are going to come and bow down to him. I know all that. Joseph doesn't know any of that. See, when you and I have to wait, maybe you're thinking about waiting for a diagnosis or you're waiting for... Uh, healing or you're waiting for God to answer a prayer about your marriage or, or even if we're looking at from a fun standpoint, you're waiting for Christmas. You have some idea what Christmas is going to be like. There'll be some presents. There'll be some wrapping paper, probably be some food. You know, you have a general idea. Joseph has no idea at all. God didn't tell him how this is going to play out. We have no, no understanding at all about how this is going to play out. But what I find so fascinating about Joseph is that while he's waiting, he stays faithful to God. Let's, let's back the train up. So when he sold into slavery, he could have started stealing from Potiphar and Potiphar probably wouldn't have known and maybe wouldn't even have cared because he was making so much money off Joseph. Maybe he wouldn't even have cared. Joseph could have had an affair with Potiphar's wife probably if he'd have had the affair he wouldn't be in the dungeon remember she's the one that proposed the deal all right now he'd be in a different place with God right now but he could have said nothing is going my way when he's in the dungeon he could have said you know what I'm done with this I'm not helping any of you <clears throat> but the fascinating thing is that Joseph remains faithful to God keeps doing the right thing Even though he doesn't understand the timing of God. Now you and I do know something Joseph doesn't. We know Jesus is coming back to get us. We just don't know when. We know it's going to be glorious. We know we're going to be taken into his presence. We know we're going to be transformed. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to be with God forever. We know the details. Joseph doesn't know anything. But he keeps waiting for two full years On top of the 28 years that he's already waited. Maybe you can feel, maybe you feel that way. How long do I have to wait? In my marriage, in my family, with my boss, with this situation, with my health. Whatever the story might be. But you know what the scripture keeps saying? Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 20, over and over and over again. Wait for the Lord. Now let me ask you, those of you that are tired of waiting for the Lord. <clears throat> it never happened in this group. But have you ever known anyone that decided to not wait for the Lord and just go ahead and do it their way? Then you know how that played out. So J- jo- Joseph not only waits, but he remains faithful and humble and still expect it. Again, I think this dream gives him hope. Okay, God gave me this interpretation. It happened just like I said, so God hasn't forgot me. But then for two years, looking at his watch going, when is the cupbearer going to get me out of here? It says the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. The dude went right back to his position of power. And can you imagine two years? Never gave a thought to the guy that sprung you from jail. I don't know. What God's doing in this story, but God's timing is always perfect. So it's, to, it's also, it's not just two years of waiting, but it's two years of, of praying. God, what are you doing? Maybe you prayed those kind of prayers, desperate prayers. God, what are you doing? Why aren't you answering my prayers? Or why, why are we waiting? And sometimes we find out, sometimes we don't find out. But I'm amazed at how People jump to conclusions when it comes to kingdom things, all right? And I I shouldn't go there, but what do I care? So, listen, nobody loves Jimmy Buffett more than I do, all right? I'll be singing Jimmy Buffett tunes on the way out. I'm okay with that. But I see all these memes about how, because Jimmy Buffett was a good singer and lived in Key West, he obviously went right to heaven, right? And God's like, oh my goodness, finally, Jimmy Buffett's here. I mean, there's memes with God handing Jimmy Buffett a margarita. Now look, I don't know whether Jimmy's in heaven or not. I pray for his soul, but it's funny that people who don't believe in heaven, don't believe in hell, don't believe in God, when somebody's a hero of theirs dies, or it happens in families too. Nobody in the family believes anything, but yet when somebody dies, well, obviously they're in heaven. Based on what? That's the whole point of the cross, my friends. You and I can know that we're saved by accepting Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins, being baptized online. I've decided. Here, come up front. Go to room three. There's people that will help you. How do I get right with Jesus? I want to go to heaven. Good. We want you to go to heaven. But sometimes God is moving at his schedule. I don't know why God... Moves when he does. Sometimes we pray, things happen. Sometimes we pray, they don't happen. Sometimes we pray, and it just takes a little longer. But my job is to keep praying. Because praying is where I stay connected to God. I like the story about Dwight L. Moody. Moody was an evangelist, I don't know, 150 years ago. Planted churches all over the world. I've been in one of his churches in Edinburgh, Scotland. 150 years old, and it was packed. Gospel still being preached, Moody Bible College in Chicago. <clears throat> What's funny is Moody was not well educated, was not a good speaker, didn't use the best grammar, and that bothered some people when he would preach. And they would say, uh, Mr. Moody, we don't like how you do evangelism. We don't like how you do soul winning. And Moody said, well, I don't either. How do you do it? And they'd say, well, we don't. He'd say, well, I like how I do it better than how you don't do it. And they asked him, one, the preachers were very jealous because everywhere Moody went, he drew big crowds, people got saved, planted churches, and uh, people got very jealous of Moody. And he goes, why don't you guys come spend the day with me? So they did church, did all that, and they're like, okay, no big deal, we're smarter than him, got better education than him. He took them up to his hotel room, and he said, look out the window, guys, and tell me what you see. And one guy looked out, and he said, I see God's creation I see trees and flowers and just the majesticness of God. The second guy said, I see a lot of children out there playing, having a great time. The third guy said, I see men and women going to work. And Moody said, that's your problem. He said, when I look out that window, I see people who have eternal souls and they're either going to heaven or hell. And that decision is going to be made in the next few years right here here. In front of all of us. And he said until you learn to see people through those kind of eyes. You'll never have my kind of passion. Now look I don't know what motivates you. To do those shoe boxes. Or to invite your neighbor. Or to be a servant in one of our ministries. But Lamentations 3 says it this way. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks after him you see satan is not impressed by a big church in fact here's the quote the devil does not fear a big church he fears a humble church that prays read the rest of it he fears a humble church that prays because when we pray we bring the power of god into our lives into the church as a whole into the city of into the city here in ormond beach it is the prayer that changes everything but it's Two full years of praying. Waiting. After 28 have already passed. And I get mad yelling at, I mean, I'm yelling at the microwave. I mean, I got an automatic coffee pot and an automatic microwave. If anything takes more than two minutes, I'm out. You know what I mean? (laughs) And And that's the world we live in, but it's not how God operates. And then the third part two years of preparing. What is God doing? I don't know. I can't say what God's doing during those two years, but I can tell you what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be preparing. Peter said it this way, prepare your minds for action. So you need to know the word of God. You need to know how to be saved. You need to know how to tell other people about Jesus. You need to know the difference between a man and a woman. You need to know what's right and wrong. You need to be able to share the gospel. Prepare your minds for what? Action. So you're getting yourself ready and then you act. So many churches, look, I have a 50-year, uh, I've never missed a class, never missed a Sunday school, never missed a church service. Yeah, but what do you do for the kingdom? At what point do you and I give back? Those two years, Joseph is being prepared. Now, do I know what God's doing? No. I don't know. But I love the story. This comes out of the, well, Bob Costas, the great sportscaster. Uh, Bob did the uh, eulogy for Stan Musial. And um, he just happened to be a Cardinal. Great guy. But the crazy thing about Musial is this. He played for 24 years in the major leagues. He never once got thrown out of a game. I've been thrown out of little league games. Okay? All right? I, um, and you watch today. If somebody gets thrown out every night, Musial went 24 years and never got into an argument with an umpire. And he was one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But Costas stands up at Musual's funeral, tears running down his eyes. And he said, let me tell you the greatest Stan Musual story of all. You know, we're thinking it's going to be some baseball story. He said it was during the fifties at the all-star game. And he said things were still pretty tense between, uh, between cultures. And he said the, uh, the black and Spanish players were at one end of the dugout. Willie Mays. Hank Aaron, Roberto Clemente. And he said the white players were at the other end. And Musial walked in, surveyed the locker room, walked to the far end and sat down and said, boys, deal me in. And said from that moment on, everything changed in that dugout and everything changed in Major League Baseball. Because one man said, enough is enough. Now, I don't know what God's preparing you for. I don't know what walls need to come down. Is it somebody you need to forgive? Is it a racial thing? Is it a a a personal thing? Is it a personality thing? A family thing? I don't know what God's preparation work is in you. But probably that answer to prayer is not going to happen until we finally get prepared to do what God's called us to do. So while we're waiting... While we're waiting here, because wouldn't you rather be in heaven right now? Anybody? Yeah, me too. I I would much rather be in heaven. I love talking to you, but I'd much rather be in heaven. But until that day, our job is to get as many other people on the road to heaven as possible. Preacher was preaching on hell and he had painted the picture Hot. He had painted all of the horrors of hell, the suffering, the heat, cut off from God, the whole story. And he thought he'd nailed it. And a man came up and said, I can think of one way that hell would be so much worse. And the preacher said, really? He said, how could it be worse? He said, it would be worse if I was in hell and one of my children fell past me and said, dad, why didn't you tell me? He said that would make hell worse. So I don't know what you need to hear today. Two full years. 30 years. God, what do I do? I just keep being faithful. I keep serving. I keep preparing. I keep waiting for that day when the sky's going to open and Jesus is going to call us home. So Father, until that day, we are here to serve you, worship you, give to you, love you, forgive others, expand the kingdom, plant churches, let you change us from the mess that we are into the image of who you want us to be. Lord, people online, people in the land, I, I don't know what any of us need, but I know, I know, God, your word does not come back empty. So, Lord, bring it home to us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.